0: Blaine and Mickey 1045 is on. What's up? What day is it? It's Friday. I'm a big Friday person. Happy Friday to everybody. Happy Friday, Lucas, a.k.a. Juke Blaine, a.k.a. the hitman. I'm going to start today. I got I got a beef with something on TV. Uh-oh. I got a beef with social media. Oh,
1: yeah. Social media, the TV. Oh, and man. All of it.
0: Oh, uh-oh. They get, they brought out h time Mickey. I've made myself an honorary defensive back. Oh, you did. Just so I can run stride for stride for you. I'm taking Mark Robb's place. Right? Oh,
1: okay. You're my partner in crime. So, yep, okay. that's
0: it. So I'm Mark Robb on the show. Mark Robb, if you're listening, I'm, I know I'm not you, but just roll with the bit here. Yeah,
1: I think he's coaching for Arizona
0: right now. Okay, he's busy. <laughs> so so I'm looking at things from the defensive point of view because I've learned over the years, I would come back breathless from practice about some wide receiver and shorts who was out there right. looking like Superman, and you go, okay, that's fine, just. Let pads get on. Let somebody hit him at the line of scrimmage. Let's see what is, you know, just hold your water. Let's see what happens. Yeah. yeah. So I've learned to look at things from a defensive perspective where there's this video of, I think it's Calvin Ridley, and he runs like four routes and he finally <laughs> runs away from some DB for the Dolphins. On his, I know exactly. On what his fourth about. route, he yeah. runs, yeah. and everybody's like, dead. The, look at this guy quit the DB. What, the quarterback would have been sacked. After like, it's well. Who knows when he would have been sacked, but, he's, or, but or he had to get rid of the ball, right? Or he's yeah. checking down to a running back. Yeah. Uh-huh. Nobody's got time to run four routes. Yeah. So I, I, one whole thing, and I, I don't remember who said it. I would gladly, I would gladly name the person. It was on one of the morning sports shows. It's like, why do they even need Julio when they've got a guy that can do this? And I'm like, a guy who can run four routes in one on ones. Oh really? While the quarterback pats the ball. Yeah. Come on, man. He's a good receiver. No doubt. Chance to be really, really good. But let's stop that. Let's let's stop embarrassing DBs everywhere because some guy ran four routes in one-on-ones. Yeah. Well, that shows I'm rubbing off on you,
1: Mickey, so I don't know if that's good or bad. (laughs) But that that is so correct. Now, Ridley is a really good route runner and a really good receiver. I think he did, like, it was in the red zone, I think, what you're talking about. And he ran, like, a double move, slant, in out whip i'm like okay that that's not gonna happen now it looked beautiful yeah and the db eventually had to look back on one of the the routes you right. know that he faked on because time the, is a time and there's a clock in your head right as a db especially in the red zone because things are happening much faster uh so as as good as a route that was it, they would have had to throw him the football or dumped it down or taken a sack as you said it just took way too long uh, so, I hate that that gets out there and then it makes the DB look like he's bad. So, guess what he's doing? Now, I imagine, that, like, if I'm a player today and I'm looking at his social media and I see all that happening and everybody talking this crap, yep. get what I'm doing today. Somebody not going to be happy. Somebody about to get blasted. And I'm talking about straight in their throat. I'm talking about I'm going to put my throat around you and I'm going to jam it and be like, and none of that shaking today. None. See, so that's how this social media can go one direction. It's totally wrong about what's actually going on out there and what's really legitimate. Uh, so that's why when you watch the one-on-ones, if a guy's making a play on the ball, hey, man, in a game that ball may not be just quite as accurate. So, yeah, there's you know there's no pressure. There's no rushing and time clock in the quarterback's head. So, yeah, the one-on-ones is an offensive-driven drill, right. at least the skill guys. And if you're right there to tap them up as soon as they catch it, you're in really good position, and that's where you want to be as a defensive back. And hopefully, if you're making a play on the ball, then that's an exceptional play. Just imagine everybody run backwards and then guard one of these receivers. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I like, oh, that's what they're paid to do. Well, yeah. Yeah, when it's team. So then when it gets 11 on 11, now let's see how they actually really look with the pads on. I, I saw uh Fred Brown, you know I'm gonna call him Downtown Brown I like for the, for the Titans. He looked really good. He did it quickly. He did the same route but just not with so many jukes. Uh not so many routes. I think it was two fakes really. He gave him the, you know, you know, one thing that the DBs must learn when the Reds are when the receiver looks back for the ball and it's, it's only 10 yards for a touchdown, no, that's the bait and switch. He's then whipping back out. I learned that after I got toasted by Derek Mason in practice. And then after that I was running his route Hmm. Yeah. See. So you must learn who you're going against, and that's what you're you're learning when you're watching film, going against these guys in practice. So it's all fun and games, but uh, it's all exciting too at the same time. And you you raise your competitive nature. Like, nah, nah, that wouldn't have been a real catch because the DB actually stopped on that play. Right. He really stopped. He's like, look, come on. This now. is over, bro. This,
0: yeah. You're done. That's. I'm not covering the fourth route that you run here. Now, from a coach's point of view, I'm going to
1: still say finish. Finish. But but in reality, that one-on-one, I mean, the guys out here, come on. now, <laughs> We're not here, here baking the pancake out here, man. Come on.
0: Well, they, I, I do remember this. They showed the clip at one point on Get Up this morning, and, and, and Bart Scott was on the show.
1: What did Bart say?
0: And they cut to Bart Scott, and he's like, how I many routes that guy just run? Oh, yeah. I tell you, All the defensive guys go say Oh, yeah, hey, he was pissed, sense. dude. He, <laughs> yeah. He's like, Y'all got a close up of a quarterback back there patting the ball for
1: three seconds. Yeah. Four seconds. Let's see that. In a game, a quarterback's only patting once, and when he pats it, he's letting it go. Like, go watch all of them. Like they like watch Tom Brady, even Tannehill. They pat boom and then it's out. Right. Because they they're getting their rhythm. Boom, boom, boom. It's gone. Uh so. Yeah, if you back there patting three and four times, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, man, you know, you get paid to get toasted now. That's what my. If you do, you real you want to get toasted because that's what it's set up for now in the NFL. The, the receivers get all the glory for sure now, and you you're basically a DB. Everybody's gotten beat for a touchdown. It's almost impossible. There are no Deion Sanders guys walking around here anymore. No way, no how. Where he was just shutting people down and nobody was catching touchdowns on.
0: I know there are people who don't like his personality or he was too bold or too whatever for them. I get that, but he's he not he's not human on yeah, the football he would. field. He, would. he
1: He's not human. He, he, think about this now. He worked in the booth for three years, came back and played. <laughs> he's like forty something. I'm like what? <laughs> and by the way, he was still running like a four or five, right? Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't four or three or four or two or whatever he was. He had slowed down to. To four or five, yeah. so he was became that second or maybe third corner with the Ravens, which is and only because somebody really challenged him and better. Like you can't, you no way you can to come back. Because right. he really retired because he he had a surgery on his big toe and it just really kept giving him a lot of issues and playing and breaking as a defensive back. Uh, so yeah, he he showed uh, his worth. I don't, I don't how many years did he play? Did he just play like two or three after that? It was crazy. That was insane. That just shows you how good he really was. Because he wasn't the elite guy anymore, but he definitely was still a star in the National Football League. So that was
0: that was, that was pretty impressive. Okay, I you, couldn't believe it. You, you done not got me here. He came back. Okay, so he played from eighty nine to two thousand. He was he it's was laughable. You can't even get it out. So did he? Then when did he come back? Okay, played from eighty nine to two thousand. And then he then he didn't play in 01, 02, or 03. Three years. Okay. And then he came back and played at 37 and 38 for the Ravens. So he came two years for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He came back and he, and he played two more oh, years. I thought he was 40. He was close to 40, and 38, he had, 39. Yeah. I mean, 38 as a
1: DB in the NFL. Oh, that's ancient. Now, by the way, only person you could say to probably played that long was uh, and was effective was Daryl Green. I think he made it to
0: forty. He played till he was forty.
1: 40. Damn, he
0: 40. was at least forty, and he still ran a four four.
1: Yeah. They timed him. They clocked him.
0: Daryl Green yeah. played. So, yeah, Deion made it to thirty eight. Oh no, forty two. He was forty two. Val forty two. All for Washington. He he played. All 16 games at 41 and 42. What was his last year? When did he start? When did he start? In he started in 83. He- <laughs> <laughs> so we were kids. Hey, Right? That's what I'm I, was like, I hey, wasn't even a teenager. We were kids. Yeah, kids, yeah. I was Then he played school. until 2002. He and played. we finished at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! I got it my year. Oh my gosh, that's horrible. That, that's why he got H.O.F. behind his name. Were in middle school when he started, and he, came, he played the whole time. Yeah, he played all the way till oh, I finished. Oh man,
1: man, that was that was pretty impressive. Yeah, that that's something that's oh, Lucas gonna be doing these days.
0: Had fifty four picks in his career. I mean that that dude. Oh man, he played. <laughs> that's hilarious. He played sixteen games every year from the time when he was 33 years old then he he played until he was 42 and he played 16 games every year but one he played 13 games from the time he was 33 to the time he was 42 he only missed all the games in the season one time and he played 13 that year man they just don't make people like that
1: yes especially a guy run like that who uh
0: Five
1: nine, yeah, that's that. eighty four pounds. It is was what they listed, and he was more. He was a finesse cornerback. He was more about I'm gonna guard you. It wasn't like he was physical at the line. Everything. He's like I can run with anybody in the in the world. <laughs> yeah, that's that's insane, there, man. So these guys are special, but outside of that, you know. But that's what the fans want. You know, the fans want to see the offense. They want to see points. They want to see touchdowns. You know, it's just like uh, you know in baseball, they want to see the, the, the pitchers, uh, but they don't want them see a it's no hitters. They want to see him hit the long ball. Like They want to see the guys hitting, hitting the ball. So it's no different in the NFL.
0: The Field of Dreams game is 9-8. to eight. People are like, that's a great game. Yeah. And like the old school baseball guy was like, no, one to nothing would have been a great yeah. game. Yeah. Not six runs or whatever scored in the final inning. Although, you, my gosh, that was entertaining. You
2: see who the Lions cut yesterday?
0: No. Can, can the Titans use him? Uh,
2: Well, he's a long snapper. I think Titans are set there oh. with Morgan Cox. But a 40-year-old Don Mulback, Mulbach? hope I'm saying his name right. Ooh, yeah. Lions cut 40-year-old Don Mulbach, their long snapper, on his 40th birthday. Dan Campbell said at his press conference, there's no sugarcoating it. I'm a bleephole.
0: Okay. Don, M-U-H-L-B-A-C-H. Don Mulbach, I guess, Mulbach. He's played since 2004. All in Detroit. Cut him
2: on his 40th birthday.
0: That dude, 23 years old to 39, he's played for the Detroit Lions as the as oh. the snapper.
1: Oh, man, what torture.
0: <laughs> How many games has that dude lost? Oh, man. Oh, dude, that's, man. And that's one of those cats that, like, in Detroit, that guy probably everybody knows him because he's been on a team. Yeah. And, like, nobody else. Like, he could be anywhere in the world. And he could say, I played pro football <laughs> for, I played 260 games of pro football. And people are gonna look at this dude, like he's got a gray beard. His pictures on, he's got like gray in his beard. And people will be like, "That's what?" He's like, "No, man, I've been on the Lions since 2004. Bull, he ain't been on the Lions for no two. Yes, yeah, played long- 260 games. They're like, like, you ever catch a touchdown?' Well, no. Yeah, he's ever- a long center. What what's his like? A,
1: what's his backup role like? Is he like a tight end or an offensive lineman? What, no, what's he? Forty something.
3: Looks
0: like Mulebach is the way you said. He made two Pro Bowls. He is, let's see if he's got any stats. He's recovered a fumble. He's got some tackles. Yeah, but That's a skill now. I'm, I'm Man, he, long
1: snapping. He's played right, for the right, Lions right. I mean, the Brent entire Ortizon time. Snapper, and man, that, that's a. T- I I c- I could never learn how to be a long snapper. I couldn't be a kicker, punter, none of those things. Those are specialists. And if you perfect it, you can play in this league regardless of like your athletic ability. Those are just certain skills that a
0: lot of people aren't really great at. Hey, listen to this. And like the Titans said, Kenny Amato. And that dude played linebacker in games. Right. He was like a third spe- Yeah, you know, he was and like- he'd go down tackle people regularly. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, this dude, you open a can here, Lucas. This dude played till he was thirty nine from twenty three to thirty nine mm-hmm. on the Lions. He has and it, it may not have every year, maybe they don't have snap counts for every year, but his snap counts for every year available. He played zero snaps on offense. He played zero snaps on defense. He played 12,000, or he played 1,291 snaps on special teams. He never played a down on offense or defense. A true specialist. Yeah, so
1: kids out there, if you got some decent size, hey, learn how to punt, kick, or long snap. No doubt. Mm, Man, that'd be... I wish I was like yeah. I got to do is be about like six feet. Six feet. Oh what wow. well, I wouldn't give to be Come on, man, what Maybe I wouldn't low, give. Snap. Oh snap! Oh man, on point. Mm-hmm. When well, you six then foot two forty guys, and then run down, and then if you miss, oh well, you know that's still you did a great job snapping. You made him stutter his feet.
0: Oh no doubt. <laughs> you got to be able to tackle. But here's the thing, like you're like, hey man, I'm not getting any D one offers. I play on the offensive line. I'm a real good player. Okay, learn to snap. Damn. You get all. You get. You yep. can go anywhere you want doesn't matter how big you are. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't be our size. Yeah. But like you said, six, foot, six 1 240. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You play to your 40 like Don Muleback. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've never heard of him. <laughs> all right. <laughs> We've all heard of Buck Rising. He joins us next. He's in Tampa. Maybe he's with Alligators. We'll find out. Okay. Play to Mickey, 104.5 okay. The Zone. Buck Rising is joining us. He is in his hotel room in Tampa, but Buck, we've gone down this rabbit hole about the Lions long snapper. The guy's 40 years old. They cut him today on his birthday. He's been playing in Detroit since 2004. It's an amazing story. So we were talking about, isn't it? Do you know the name of the Lions long snapper, Buck? Let's
3: start with that. Uh, Well, only because I cheated and Lucas just told me Dan Mulebach. No, you still guessed wrong. It's Don <laughs> Mulebach. Oh, well, that's just, that's, that shows me basically the dynamic that I have with our shared executive producer when he tells me something that's accurate and then I just immediately say the it's wrong
2: thing. Dan part. Campbell cut Don, Don
3: back. Okay. Well, then you can understand how I made that mistake. What What is the question about the long snapper?
0: I don't know, but Josh from Clarksville is on the phone and he wants to talk to all of us about it. So okay. we're bringing okay. in Josh. Ooh. Josh, say hello hey, to you. Buck Rising. Welcome in. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Hey, I just wanted to point out to all the kids or parents of children who are raising their kids to be uh,
3: professional football players, quit worrying about linebackers and wide receivers and quarterbacks. Go tell your kids to be that long snapper. This guy played 12 years in the league and made
0: over $11 million and never played a down on offense and never played a down on defense. Teach your kids how to be long snappers. There you go. That's some words of wisdom there from Josh in Clarksville. So, Buck, isn't that what isn't that what Brett Doherty's doing? His son Connor, yeah, yeah his son, he's yeah. rising up the ranks, man. Every time mm-hmm. I see him, his ranking gets higher. Yeah, he's a four and a half star CPA, and he ain't little like he's lineman sized. Yeah. This mm-hmm. dude, Connor Doherty, is like man sized. That kid. So he's not your little long snapper. He's that's a full sized rascal. Somebody's going to get <laughs> somebody's going to get punched in the mouth by my man Sea Dog because he's bringing it. Uh, bringing the heat so buck rising bringing the heat from uh tampa florida what's the over under on alligators that you've seen uh in practice or just while out and about in the town
3: so three alligators two of them at practice i don't know if it's the same alligator that i just saw on a different day but there's like a pond that's behind the media tent that they've been housing us all in Uh, And by the way, where they do all the Buccaneers press post practice press conferences. So there's a good chance that one could sneak up under the tent and take out the ankle of their 44 year old quarterback at any given point. But yeah, there's uh, it's, you know, these dinosaurs are just roaming every, you know, every inch of the landscaping down here and, uh, and it's head on a swivel type situation. We've got, you know, we've got trash pandas in North Nashville, two of which live in my home. Uh, we've got alligators down here and none of which will be making the trip back with me, except if they're made into boots. Well, I was going to ask you, are you going to
0: maybe adopt the alligator like you've done with some of your four legged friends uh, near your home? I will
3: adopt it onto my feet. If it gets too close to me,
0: I got you. Uh, how bad was, was yesterday? I know the Titans had some <laughs> starters that didn't play. I heard about the heat. I heard about the alligators. I heard that things didn't go so well as they did the day before. How bad was
3: it last? Was it, taylor LeWan's bloodbath that he had mentioned going down there so like are we talking about like fights or just like how they looked in practice because the like the fight the the you know you can call one of them well i guess two of the five that were documented by all of the media who you know was just tired of watching football players in the heat so then it became about how many fights can these guys get into over the course of an hour and a half um so the fight the 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 fighting the two fights and then the three other like pushing and shoving matches were not ideal but nothing nothing bad happened thank goodness to anybody from a health and safety standpoint um and then from a uh from a from the purposes of the titans like the bucks look great the bucks went out there and absolutely shredded the titans uh tom brady and their offense did work against that defense yesterday and then ryan Tannehill really really struggled whether it was because he didn't have his wide receiver, his full complement, as he has not really for the past couple of weeks at this point, had his full complement of wide receivers out there through a couple of interceptions. Um, nothing really looked crisp and clean. Mike Vrabel said they flat out sucked yesterday after practice, and he had a little bit of a smile on his face after he said it, but then it immediately devolved into, yeah, we weren't very good today. I didn't think we were very competitive, and they weren't. It was just flat out not competitive on the second day of these joint practices. Buck Rising, bringing competitiveness to this segment, courtesy of our
0: friends at Two Rivers Ford, home of the non-commissioned salespeople. Well, I'm always
1: interested, Buck, uh, when they say they're not competitive, what does that actually mean? Because you couldn't have made it this far without being competitive. I think wh- what happens is, when you're having the, you know, you practice against other teams, they go back and watch the film and say, This is what they're doing, this is what you need to do. And then the next practice, the other team, or whether it's you're playing your own team, the offense wins one day, the defense wins the next day, because of the competitive nature of the NFL and to make it that far. So to me to hear that they're not being competitive, I, I think is a little stretch. I think they just weren't as good and the other team was better and came better prepared the next day in their practice uh habits and you know keys to what they need to do to get better against uh you know the titans
3: oh for sure blaine and like when when i say when I, and when mike rabel says not competitive i think he has a different definition um, right than like the way that the, the way that i'm looking at it but you're you're spot on by that i just w- w- with the fights in particular Like it showed to me frustration by dudes on the Titans who were getting beat and they didn't Mm -hmm. have a way to you know, beat them in competition. So instead they started pushing and shoving, which is what one does when they've been bested uh, on the football field. So from that standpoint, you're, you're accurate in your assessment, but, yeah, I, I mean, I think I think it's got a lot to do with the, the conditions down here are absolutely brutal. Over the course of the two days, it was an average of 106 degrees uh, heat index. It, Roger Saffold said he lost 10 pounds yesterday at practice. It's a lot of water weight, but still, like, it is physically taxing if you're not accustomed to Florida in August. And this is full-on Florida uh, in the middle of these joint training camp practices. And then yeah, Brady looked like he he looked over the three interceptions that he threw against the Titans on Wednesday mm-hmm. and said, no, no, no. Like we're yeah. we're not doing it. we're not playing this today. I'm gonna come out here and I'm gonna beat, have Caleb Farley beat on an in-breaking route because I see that he struggles as an outside corner to turn inside and undercut a route in a way that allows him to make a play or make a you know or create a turnover or things of this nature. He has good recovery speed, he's got good length, but he struggles. In that regard, Antonio Brown seemed fired up outside of just giving Chris Jackson a face full of his fist uh, early on in, uh, in, a, in one-on-one drills. And he seemed to really read and react to the things that he'd seen from the Titans' def- uh, defensive backs uh-huh. on the first day and make adjustments. Rob Gronkowski, even though he needs WD-40 out there, is still able to get open and make plays on the ball. They all seemed, at, at you know, even though this is a very, very veteran roster, the defending Super Bowl champs, they really seem to do their homework from the day prior and come out prepared and ready to go in a way that the Titans did not. Now, I will say, Blaine, that there's a bunch of dudes that didn't practice down here. Mm-hmm. I mean, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, Ben Jones, Nate Davis, Danico Autry, um, Marcus Johnson on Thursday. So they were down their top three wide receivers right out of the gate. And really, only one starting offensive lineman practiced at all yesterday, uh, outside of one-on-one and, uh, and individual drills. So I think there there's if you're grading on a curve, that is what it is. But this is the kind of adversity that you're going to have to go through throughout the course of a regular season when guys get banged up and they need to be able to survive it better than it looked like they were not able to yesterday.
1: Well with Buck Rising with the Buck Rising show. I'm glad you brought that up because I'm just starting to get a little concerned even if uh you know Tannehill is going to play in this game because if you're going out there with the backup offensive line, I don't know if you want your starting quarterback to be out there, do we know who is and isn't playing? Since the offensive line pretty much hasn't practiced the whole time, I'm assuming all those guys that didn't practice aren't playing. Uh, so, do you risk that Tannehill is your quarterback? Let alone, I mean, Henry's not playing.
3: Hell no! Don't, don't, don't you dare put him out there! Don't after what we saw against Logan Woodside. Don't you dare put him out there, and they know that. Um, this is and, and Mike Vrabel Mike Vrabel's not ruling anybody out because that's the way that Mike Vrabel coaches and he thinks that you lose some kind of an edge if you if you say yeah those guys already know that they have a day off of work on Saturday so from that standpoint I understand it but like with with. The, whether the injuries are severe or not, and whether and I'm sure they're varying degrees. Ben Jones, we haven't seen it in a couple of weeks, by the way. He got tangled up on a play a couple of weeks ago in practice, and since then, the Daniel Munyer experience has been horrific to watch him botch all of these snaps. So that's not something that you risk your starting quarterback over, given all the other pieces around him um, that are not going to be available and could put him at further jeopardy.
1: Well, your IU alum, Westbrook Akina, has done uh, fairly well. I, I know uh, you maybe don't think he may re- make the roster, but he also played special teams last year. If you had to choose between him and Fred Brown to actually make the roster, because both of those guys have stepped up, man, I, I really believe that they yeah. sh- they should keep them. at worst case scenario on the on practice squad, uh, at least one of them. Anyway, what were your thoughts on what you saw with those guys on Thursday?
3: Man, uh, so we'll start with Westbrook Akina because you're you're right, Blaine. And really, you know, this it's it's weird the way the Titans fans react to him just based off social media. What I see, like in my Twitter mentions and things like that, or like on the in the chat that we have on Zone TV or in the A to Z Sports Show, like people like kind of root against Westbrook Akina in a way that I find weird because all he did was make plays on special teams for them last year, uh, a couple of critical two point conversions as well, and as a receiver, he looks like there's been legitimate development. Like he's not fighting with the football as often as he was in his rookie year. Fred Brown, uh, the the difference in Fred Brown from like the early part of camp where all, almost all of Tannehill's interceptions seem to be targets in the direction of Fred Brown to where he's making plays on the ball. He's going up over the top of dudes. At least he was the past two days. He's ri- and and certainly he looked sharp in the Atlanta preseason game in a way that kind of surprised me based on his, what his body of work here had been previous. So, I mean if I had to pick between the two of them I'd say Westbrook Akina just cuz you know that he can serve uh, a more a more full role for lack of a better term both on offense and on special teams as you see fit but I mean they're they're making it tough and uh, who they're making it tough on is not not the not the coaching staff but really John Robinson because the two rookies that he picked at that position this year uh, I don't I think it's a long shot right now these guys even make it Oh, but well that's what I was—I was, I was going to go. That was my last question. Go. Is
1: the two draft picked at receiver, Fitzpatrick and McMath? I mean, do you think have they shown any signs of getting better? Let's just say that. And then, if they continue down this path, will they have a roster spot?
3: Um. So, I they're developing players, yes. Um, McMath has way further to go. Like he's just—he's not. He's not a wide receiver. He just appears to be a special teams player right now. Outside of the, like one highlight that he had on the first day of camp, where AJ Brown said he reminds him of Julio Jones, and we all looked at him like, what "The hell are you talking about?" Um, but uh, with mm. Des Fitzpatrick, I, I saw I've seen him make more plays as of late, which is good. But the way that the coaching staff like reacts to some of the reps that he has like we can't report on coach to player interactions and like player to player interactions. Cause that's like in the email every day that we get from Robbie Bourne of PR, like what we can't report on, but I don't think they, I don't think they think very highly of him at this point. And the way that he's kind of approached his business, which is problematic because mm. this is the wrong training camp to be in. If you're a wide receiver and you're languishing, cause there's a bunch of dudes making plays out there that are pushing for roster spots, and most of them veterans who have been around the league and know this game a hell of a lot more than you do and have more nuance at that position. Um, if they stay on this trajectory, I think both of them are long shots to make the active roster. Whether people pick them up uh, if they get cut this is a different matter entirely because if they clear waivers, then they could put them on these 16-man practice squads. But and 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 I I'm not sure I, I haven't seen whether they're keeping like the you, you can protect four players each week on the practice squad I haven't seen whether they brought back that rule from the uh, from the ad- adapted COVID rules from a year ago but I I Des Fitzpatrick is a concern at this point.
0: Mm.
1: Well, with uh Buck Rising from the Buck Rising Show right here on 104.5 The Zone.
0: Do you think it's possible that Desch Patrick sprains an ankle sometime between now and... <laughs> and, and, and <laughs> I, whoa, whoa whoa, not, whoa, 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 You mean that he actually isn't hurt, but it has a sprained ankle? Yes, I'm winking. <laughs> wink, wink. Oh, okay. Do you, do you think there's a chance that... It's a fourth right. They trade three picks to move up to get him. And Mickey said he only had a grade of a 55 five, which is he a, had a late round a grade like on the NFL site buck which says late round it says end of the roster to practice squad.
3: Yeah. Well Lucas, we had that dude on from the 3013 that said he was the top like potential bust in this draft. Oh. oh, that, oh do you remember that? No, I don't oh, remember man. that. Oh man. Okay. Robert oh, Simpson, man. I think the dude. Lucas, name was. you, you forgot that.
1: I did. I completely forgot that. You are that. too young to be forgetting anything. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. Not yeah. yeah, not great. not great. No, during the pre-draft process. We had Robert Simpson on uh-huh. uh, from the thirty-third team, and they were doing analytical analysis of a lot of these guys, and based on based on a, a handful of measurements that I can't recall off the top of my head right now, but I do remember him being the top Uh-oh. list of guys who bro- have bro. the most potential to bust. Um, So and, and but this does not account for work ethic and attitude, Blaine, which right, is true. Uh, which is a big part of this, mm-hmm. right? He yes, doesn't yes. seem to have a sense of urgency about how close he is to getting axed uh, as a fourth round pick. In fact, the fourth round pick is his only saving grace right now, and the fact that the general manager doesn't need any more blotches on his resume as far as missed missed picks. Uh, even though they've they've done good, they've done well to make up for that in free agency. And uh, and with the trade for Julio Jones, so I mean, I think I think that yeah, Mickey, if they can find a way to sneak him onto IR uh, and kind of uh, punt on this year with him, I think that would be an ideal situation. But, you know, of course, they would never fudge the injury report to uh, to do something without outside of the boundaries of the rules or yeah, strain, hamstring, strain,
0: you know, you, know, you got right. soft yeah. tissues and I, hey, a lot, man, if, a lot if, of I, hamstrings in Tennessee a couple last couple. Of I mean, years, if nobody dude. did this, I wouldn't be bringing it up. But I mean, every year, stuff like this happens th- with 32 teams. So I'm, I'm not pointing a finger at anybody at doing anything that's not done. Constantly over and over here, but uh, nothing would surprise me. Yeah, but me. hold on,
1: uh, Lucas has the breakdown of what you were talking about there, uh, Buck. Uh, kind of refresh our memory there, uh, Lucas. Yeah, Robert Simpson
2: of the thirty third team. This is late April, and he compares Des Fitzpatrick to Laquan Treadwell, the old Miss receiver. Got drafted by the Vikings, and yeah. well, he was a first round pick, right? And, yeah. he, oh, and yeah. he's bounced around. I think uh, yeah. he's with the Jaguars like a right top now.
3: Ten, he's like a top ten pick. And right here's, and here's what he said.
2: He listed Fitzpatrick as the third biggest potential bust in this draft class that Fitzpatrick does not have the same buzz as Treadwell going into the draft will likely be a day three pick. He was right about that. Due to his tiny stature and lack of elite speed to compensate, teams may want to shy away.
0: Ooh. There does, it is. Does it say teams may want to trade three picks to get him? <laughs> it does not say that.
3: bad. I don't the have the opposite that. in front of well, me. I, I
1: didn't get the uh, tiny stature. I thought he was pretty tall. I mean, he's just. I mean,
0: he's he's fine. He does. He's I, like six. Yeah, I in. wouldn't call Would him t- tiny. Right. What? I mean, how tall is he? Billy Raymond was tiny. This this guy's regular right. size. But, well, the other guy he played with Atwell was tiny. But he was a blazer.
3: Yeah. Right. I mean, he's he's physically like he's not physically overwhelming. He's definitely long. So I don't get okay. that part of the analysis. But I think, Lucas, like what what are they citing like from a measurement standpoint? Because I know that there were some numbers that they put into those calculations because they, they had the uh, uh the, the the lineman for the Broncos, the D2 dude who killed it at the senior bowl with the belly shirt. Oh, yeah, that I one remember of, him. One, one of the b- most potential boom guys. And I think that the, he ended up going like second round. Quinn Miners, yeah. I think was his. Quinn, Quinn Miners, that's right. Correct. So he was at the top of the list. And then they had accounted for certain measurable measurables from Des, Des Fitzpatrick that determined this bust potential. They
2: use something called the Athletic Success Indicator, ASI, where they use prospects combine and pro day testing numbers to predict NFL success. So taking into account their quickness score, speed score, wingspan, all these things, 40 times, uh, and for, for Fitzpatrick, as I pull it back up, His score of 11 put him just below Laquan Treadwell on the wide receiver scale. Lowest score of all 2021 wide receiver prospects.
0: Well, if he doesn't straighten up, we're going to kiss his ASI goodbye after. (laughs) I mean, real soon.
1: Oh, my. (laughs) Man. Well, Buck, somebody we hope we do see is Caleb Farley. Do you think we're going to see him in the game?
3: You know, I'd be shocked, Blaine. Oh, he's um, practiced every day. <laughs> no, listen, he's been. Oh, man, they baby that... these guys. That's the problem. <laughs> now no, he's. <laughs> oh my oh, gosh!
1: Yeah. I mean, he practices every day versus some of the best receivers in the league.
3: Blaine, I'm telling you, I that's 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 what I'm saying. <laughs> like that, and 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 to Mickey's point, like, but what I will say is that. We, I I don't know that for certain, and the answer from Mike Frable was different than it was a week ago, where he flat out just told us that Caleb Farley wasn't ready. Like he just wasn't ready. He made the trip because he asked to make the trip, but he wasn't ready a week ago. And Mike Frable's answer yesterday, when we asked him, was basically, "Yeah, we don't rule these guys out uh, ahead of time because X, Y, and Z." So I I it's it's possible. I don't. I probably won't know for sure until a couple hours before the game tomorrow. But I would be surprised if for all the work that he got in against Gronk and against Mike Evans and Antonio Brown and all these dudes, I think they should play him, to be honest. But I don't know if they will, based on the way that they've handled everybody else, because they have bought, you want to talk about baby, man, unless something's wrong with A.J. Brown, he's being babied because there is no excuse for him not being out there with 44-year-old Tom Brady and 35-year-old Ndamukong and. Gronk who needs WD 40 it squeaks when he runs and all these old dudes out there for the defending Super Bowl champions are practicing in this heat. No, no holds bar and half the Titans roster is sitting on the shelf.
1: Well, yeah, I don't know the situation with AJ Brown. I, you know, I don't know if he's injured. I remember he had on the red sleeve at practice on the leg and, you know, he got both knees scoped and maybe it got irritated. So they said they're on a the side of caution. I mean, I, I may would have him out there doing the individuals, uh, but maybe that's it. I, you know, Hey, he is what it is at this point in time. But at some point, him and Julio, especially Julio, who has not practiced a lot with uh, with Tannehill and gets some Tanny time. I'm just interested to see, uh, you know, who are you watching in the actual
3: preseason game? Looking forward to it. Uh, it's got to be a young guy. Uh, Dylan Raiden's for sure. I thought I thought he played great against Atlanta because, you know, Cosell, Greg Cosell and I, we do the podcast every Wednesday, uh, the install, subscribe, rate, and review. Um, and I, I, they, there was the one play in the first two series where they had him at guard and it looked like he gave up a sack. And then Cosell said, no, you idiot. It was based on the quarterback's timing of the drop back. And the fact that Logan Woodside held onto the ball too. Yeah, he ball. should have thrown it. Mm-hmm. And the, and the protections are only designed based on the, uh, you know, three-step drop or five-step drop or seven-step drop. It's a three-step drop and Logan Woodside ha- held the hell, uh, held onto the ball and Raidens was not designed the block uh, the block uh, blocking technique the protection wasn't designed to hold up as long as he had to hold up so Dylan Raidens who i thought technically looked much much better especially when they moved him out the right tackle for the remainder of the game i thought he was solid uh, i think you've seen legitimate growth out there me and coach Mack talked about this earlier on my show uh, he he did not like blow Indominus off the ball on a couple of Plays when he saw work against him, but he held his own and he made a couple of nice blocks out there against a really, really stout defensive front for the Bucks. I would like to see more of Dylan Radens because I think that he's he's in a way that we're talking about Des Fitzpatrick is is slow is slow rolling it right now. Dylan Radens is really taking advantage of the opportunities mm. that he's got. Oh,
1: maybe he can be the uh, starting offensive of tackle.
3: We don't know. Well, if they keep getting injured, they're going to need somebody out there because no. Jesus, I mean, their offensive line has been banged up. Yep, Munyer. It's go time. No, 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 he no, no more, please.
0: Dylan Funyer he makes it fun. Whoa. all right, we got that, that. That was terrible. All right, we got to go. Buck, enjoy the rest of your afternoon in your lovely hotel room in Tampa. Watch out for alligators, and uh, we'll we'll be in touch with you on Saturday when you do the show before our show, and we all get linked up again before the Titans and the Bucks get going. Yeah,
1: have fun. Oh, listen, I.
3: I'm just pretending, yeah, well, if the <laughs> alligators don't get me first, I'm perpetually your guys' opening act, so I'm happy to be, uh, and, and happy to be presented by our friends at Scoreboard Bar and Grill that have made all of this possible, including my visit with you guys today. See you, boys. Hey, Amen. See you, Buck Rising.
0: Uh, when we come back, Tannehill got picked off a couple more times today, but I've got a stat that might make people feel better overall on his time in Tennessee. I'll share it next. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Appreciate you spending your Friday with us. Lots going on in the chat. You can join us on Zone TV.
1: Mm-hmm. Hey, I have to say something about what uh, Buck Risen was, was talking about with Greg Cosell, and who I respect a lot and is really good at what he does. But I'm going to take you in the meeting room of what happened with the radars on the sack, right? It was a quick, you know, quick pass, and Logan Woodside held on to the football. Nobody was open. So naturally, the, the offensive linemen are setting their blocks where it's only a limited amount of time. So they could dive and chop block them. They can do anything as long as it's one-on-one, right? And Because and they know they to hold up. Well, on that play, Raidens, I think, uh, stood there and kind of looked back because he thought the ball should have been out because it was supposed to be a quick pass. Well, here's what's going on in the meeting. I know he said he, that's not his fault. But in the meeting, here's what they're saying. Quarterback should have got rid of the ball. But Raiders, you got to stay on your block. Guess when you know it's over? When the, the D lineman turns and starts running the other way. Right. You continue to hold your block right. until it's finished, regardless if it was his fault or not. Uh, but, you know, Tannehill is going to get rid of that thing. Or he's out. Uh, he's gone. Right. Because he doesn't have time for that because he knows everything's about timing and everything else. So with the, at the same sense, Raidens is still getting critiqued. And got a negative passing grade, regardless if the ball was supposed to have been thrown or not. Cause that's why they practice a the quarterback getting outside of the pocket, running around. Because, guess what? You got to finish, regardless of what happens out there. And guess what? I saw Raiden's run after a lot of plays and make more blocks. And I was thoroughly impressed with his conditioning, yep. just alone. Uh, so, uh, I think he has a lot of upside thus far. Uh, Because I was really concerned. I think it's been a benefit for him for all these linemen being out. That's probably helped his growth a little bit to come back because, you know, he only played one game. And I'm not going to use the excuse. I don't care if you play one game or not. We're in the NFL now, and I'm not judging you if you played one game last year. I'm judging on what you're doing today and if you're evolving and getting better, especially as a young, talented draft pick in the second round. So I still would have – they still would have probably given him a negative on that play. Finish. That's what the great offensive linemen finish. Mm-hmm. And they
0: finish and they they finish with an attitude. Like drive the guy into the ground finish. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the play's over when they get up off the yeah. guy and but say it's over. The play is over.
1: never over until you say it's over. Yeah. As an offensive lineman, especially with this type of mentality of this line and this offense and running the football, there's a lot of nastiness going on in the trenches. Ryan Tannehill, uh
0: Two more picks yesterday. That's a lot. He's had oh, a lot correct. of passes tipped this year. Uh even hmm. in, 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 in practices here at home. I I don't know how many he's had tipped in Tampa. I want to say I saw at least so, one. At- so
1: is he at ten yet? Or does he get close to that? He's at nine. I know he left here at six or seven.
0: Uh well that's two more. I don't think I I think just two more on the trip, uh is is the most that I've seen. I, I I'm we're not down there, so I'm not sure. So I started thinking, what's his Like, what's his per-game interception total? Well, in Tennessee... Wait, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. He threw 33 touchdowns. I know the top of my head. 33. And how many interceptions?
1: Seven.
0: Seven. Yeah. He's only thrown 13. Through a whole season. He's only thrown 13 and 26 starts with the Titans. So he throws essentially one every other game. When he was with the Dolphins, he started 88 games, and he had 75 picks. So for all these dudes who are saying, he's going to go back to that guy. Well, that guy threw almost one a game. Right. Titans version of him has thrown one every other game.
1: Ah, okay.
0: And I, I'm some math wizard out there can give the percentages on that. But he threw more per per game in Miami than he's done here. And there seem to be, Blaine, like all these buzzards that are circling all the time, waiting for him to go back to all Miami. off the cliff. Uh, yeah. yeah, fall off the cliff. And... A lot of those people are going to go, see, he's doing it right now. It's all. It, it, it only took his third year in Tennessee. <laughs> well, I'm not going to go that
1: far because uh, I'm a, I'm a big Tanny Hill guy, and I, I really appreciate what he's done and how he's gotten better, Uh, you know, from the Dolphins till now. But I'm, what I can compare it to is you weren't doing this last year, so why is it happening? I'm not there at the practice. You said some of these tip balls – you know, maybe some of those blocks would be, you know, chop blocks and they would be knocking the guys down. Right. Uh, every now and then you're going to get some tip balls. You're not working with your starting receivers, but that has nothing to do with tip balls, you know. So there's a lot of things factored into there. Uh, so until I see them out there practicing, doing it, it's still a little concerning, especially when Vrabel says, well, he should have threw that ball away. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to hear that. I, I'm serious now. In a meeting, that's not going down like that. Like it's going. Why didn't you throw the FM you know ball away? Yeah, if people think oh if he's hunky dory, it's not fun in those meetings when you're supposed to do something as a veteran all day long. It's no different if a DB hits somebody late and spears them. What are you thinking here? That was a selfish play. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, you know, yeah, you can't. So I, I, it's unacceptable on some of them, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, you know, tip balls, hey man. Things happen, but you don't want that many. I I think I can recall only one tip ball last year that was maybe an impactful play that he threw. Maybe it was a pick. Can't remember any other. uh, D lineman. I'm not talking about a DB or linebacker tip. Tips at the line of scrimmage. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, things happen, but, uh, man, you want to make sure that doesn't continue to happen.
0: Let's pick this a little bit more up on the other side. uh, Let's start with this on the other side. Do you want to see Tannehill play at all in the preseason because you know there's no Ben Jones and Raidens is still learning the ropes and he's been playing a lot let's pick that up on the other side if you want to join the discussion you can on the Mark Spain real estate hotline 615-737-1045 you can tweet us at Blaine and Mickey you can even jump in the zone tv chat what do you think do you want to see Ryan Tannehill play in the preseason every team is handling this different curious what you want to see from your Titans it's Blaine and Mickey our two coming up next